Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi everyone, it's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. A radiophonic novella, Locatora Radio, hosted by Mala Munoz and Diosa Fem. Hola, hola, locamores. Welcome to season three of Locatora Radio, Por Casteras Peligrosas, because Fem Revenge has never sounded so sweet. Locatora Radio is a radiophonic novella archiving the brilliance and legacies of women and femmes of color. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. And we are Las Mamis of Myth and Bullshit. Las Locatoras of Locatora Radio. A radiophonic novella. Which is just a really extra way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome back, Locamores. Welcome back. It's been a hot minute. I'm so excited to be recording today and be chatting with y'all. 
Thank you once again for tuning in and for joining us here at Radio Espacio, located um, within Espacio 1839 in Boyle Heights. I'm so excited for today's episode. Same. We're going to be talking about a lot of different things today. And then we have a guest, an interview for the second half of our capítulo. A special guest. A special guest. Also, this is Capítulo 68. We just keep on, keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. Exactly. So before we get into some of the content, we just want to go over some logistics and discuss some upcoming events that we have that are super dope. Some we're a part of and some we're producing ourselves. We are, as they say, booked and busy. Booked and busy is probably one of my favorite um, little little dichos. Absolutely. Of the current moment. And um, it is very true of our life right now. We have a lot going on. The first event that... Um, is going to be happening the same day that this episode airs. Yes. We're going to be FEMCs at Outfest for the Queer Open Mic Night at Noche Iconica, July 22nd. Yeah, and that'll be at Plaza de la Raza. We have just been staying there. We were just there. <laughs> we were just there. Last night. Last night uh, for La Juntas and Al Otro Lado's event, De Todos Lados, which we interviewed them in the last capítulo. Yes. But anyway... That'll be on July 22nd, as Mala said, at Plaza de la Raza, and it's actually an open mic, so they are taking submissions, so if you'd like to share your story, uh, share a poem, share something, um, there's a link that we can share for you to sign up, and we will be the FEMCs for that evening. Come on out, come on out. And then we have more Podcasting 101 workshops. We have a Podcasting 101 workshop at the Venice Library on July 25th. July 25th, and that is our last a podcasting workshop with the LA Public Library. So yeah, if you have been waiting to go, haven't been able to make it, this is the last one that will be at the library so definitely try and make that one. It'll be at 6.30 at the Venice Library. Yep, yep, yep. Come on out. Now's the time. Then we have our very first brunch. We're really excited really to launch excited. our brunch. It's called Mommies and Mimosas, July 28th at El Cid on Sunset. Yeah, and tickets are for sale. There's different tiers that you can purchase your, your tickets for the brunch. Um, so there's one tier if you just want like an entree and one mimosa, one mm-hmm. drink. Um, there's a second one, which will also give you two drink tickets. And then there's bottomless mimosas, which right. is our fave, Avi. Um, and also what's really cool is that the bottomless is also for Bloody Marias, Bloody Marys, and also beer. So if Boom. you're not a mimosa drinker, there are other options for you. Come on out and wear millennial pink if you want. You don't have to. You don't have to. <laughs> we don't have to. We do encourage the millennial pink, but also always do you. Wear what you're Always. comfortable in. Wear what you love. Always do you. Um, Always and do you. And DJ Zudi will be spinning. Yes, our fave. And we are going to have a twerk contest that I have forbidden Mala to participate in. Okay. Because then she'll win. Let me just so. say that this rule was already established like before we even had a flyer. Yeah, this like, was for like the like events. months ago. <laughs> I was, we were like, well, what are we going to do at the brunch, right? And uh, we were like, well, we should have a twerk contest. And immediately I had to shut it down. I was like, Mala, you can, you can be a judge. You cannot participate. You, I, you will win. I'm not it's just, allowed it's not fair. to competitively twerk. I will twerk for fun and for joy. For free. For free. <laughs> but I will not enter the competition. And you hoes are lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so um, come on now. Check out the event, Bright. Get your tickets. Come to Mommy's and Mimosas. Yes. And then um, next event is actually an August event. We are joining La Leaf, the Los Angeles Latino International yes. Film Festival for the second time. Uh, August 4th, which is a Sunday at 3.45 p.m., we will be 
or I will be leading a conversation, a plática with Aurora Guerrero, who is the creator and director of Mosquita y Mari. And it's set in Southeast Los Angeles in Huntington Park. And HP. it is a queer coming of age story. It's super great. Uh, so I'm really excited to be moderating that conversation along with Moises Zamora, who is the creator of the up and coming Netflix show, Selena. Woo! Uh, how exciting. Yeah, it's going to be great and it's free. So just all you have to do is RSVP and, you know, catch us there. Yeah, I am. OK, I'm dying to know who they cast as Selena. Same. Who could it be? Like, she has I to be know. perfect. Yeah. She has to be like. She really does because people are going to be really upset yep. if it's not a yep. right cast choice. It's got to be. She's got to be perfect. Yeah. Body, voice, charisma. Looks. Dancing, yeah. singing, acting. It's a it's personality. A lot. That's a big role. It's a big <laughs> it's role. A big That's role. one of those like role of the century, yeah. role of a lifetime. I mean, it created JLo's career. The entire like she's still writing off of that movie. Yeah, it's been years. And also, um, I remember. Well, I don't remember, but um, I remember hearing about later that people were really upset that JLo was cast because right. she was not Mexican. You know, she's Puerto Rican. Right, right, right. So, and I that's not really a, a thing for me. I don't think that's an issue. No, you know? I, she just has to be able to yeah. do it and look the part. And be Latina. And be Latina. I think that that's... A prerequisite, she has to be. She can't not be. Yeah. It's just not possible. Right, right. I well, wonder... I guess we'll see. I'm, like, really curious if they get a Texan, if they find a Tejana. That would be cool. That would be ideal, I think. I'm also wondering if maybe even, like, an indigenous woman actor, mm, actress, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. I just need the rhythm and the dancing to be on point. Yeah. You know, some right. of that, I feel like you have to like grow up with it. Yeah, totally. You know? Yeah. And you, so you're not moving all stiff. Like, yeah. Anyway, we digress. <sighs> oh my God, I'm dying. We I'm digress. Dying. So, Whoever you are, right. I can't wait to, to like know, you know? Right, right, right. If you're out there. Right. If you're listening. So <laughs> if you want to hear more about Latina representation on TV, definitely come out and check this uh, conversation that I'll be having with La Leaf on August 4th. Yes. Uh, I won't be there because I'm going to be in Europe. Yeah. Que mala vida. I'm mala. going on a little Euro trip with my sis. Yeah. That'll be so, so super cute. I've already put in my request for the statement earrings. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My yeah. souvenir. Absolutely. Yeah. I Hopefully something from Morocco. I can find some right. like, nice I, pieces. I think you will. Mala also has gone into the habit of bringing me things from Peru. Well, not from Peru, but like little like souvenirs that yeah, she yeah. sees that were trinkets. sourced from Peru. Yeah. Um, she brought me the other day a little a little guinea pig. It's so cute. That's made out of alpaca wool. So soft. <laughs> I saw it and I was like, oh, I need that guinea pig now. <laughs> this is for Diosa. <laughs> she needs this guinea pig. I have it in my room and I low key feel like there's a little camera inside. <laughs> there's not, not that there would be, but I'm not that there would be. Not that you would do that, obviously. But it looks like one of those items that you can like put a little camera in the eyes <laughs> and like just move around. That's really fun. Funny. I should put one in there and watch tea. Like, right during the day. <laughs> during the day. <laughs> the shenanigans that he gets up to. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. Hi, okay. JJ. So. On to our sponsors. A word from our sponsors. Um, as you know, we love um, sexual health. 
sexual health is sexual wealth. And so Honestly. we we love we love our partnership with the Bloomy um, Latina owned and curated sexual health and wellness pro- products. Um, make sure and check out our code Locatora10 to get your sexual health products at a discount. We just got a round of vibrators the other day. They're amazing. They're really good. It's really yeah. good stuff. I like used mine recently and I have the fin and I really like it because it goes on your fingers. Perfect. Um, Very convenient. And it's just really convenient and it's small, you know, like specifically for clit stimulation. And I really like it because you can use it with a partner like seamlessly. It's not Mm. like bulky and will get in the way or Mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you can do other things while also using it. So I really enjoy it. Very handy. Um, I have the brand... uh, the Brenda vibrator that I have is called Palm, P-O-M, and it really does just kind of fit in the palm of your hand, and it's, like, very squishy and flexible. I love it. And it, like, kind of, I think, replicates a tongue a little bit, oh. and it's just really, it's, I like the texture of the material. I'm so down for this vibrator. So uh, check out the Bloomy. Go online. Yes. See their stuff. Um, look at Tora 10. Yeah. Get your goods. Also, they have more than vibrators. You know, they yeah. have like sexual, I'm, I'm sorry, like intimate care hygiene products. Yes. So, you know, organic tampons, pads, condoms. Basically, they like all of the stuff you don't want going into your yeah. vulva. They have it. You right. You know, they have like their the right products that you should be using. The Bloomy, they have sent us like cleansers you know like very gentle Mm -hmm. like genital cleansers and things like that yeah breast oils right (laughs) to stimulate your breasts yeah all kinds of things all kinds of different things love it this is one of my favorite partnerships hell yeah hell yeah (laughs) i'm like what can be better than our vibrator brand (laughs) sponsorship like what could be better than this live in the dream like vibrators you know healthy products and lipsticks as well from our other sponsor or brand partnership, which is Viva Cosmetics. We love Viva Cosmetics. Our favorite Latina-owned beauty brand. Hell yeah. Besso proof lipsticks. And other proof, other things. Other things. (laughs) You can do do a lot with these, with these Viva Cosmetic products. So our code, uh, use uh, Locamores to get 15% off of your order. So that's Vive. Locamores is the code, 15% off your order. Yes. Alrighty. So on to the next. Yes. Um, remember to Venmo us. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, remember to Venmo us if you like this free content. Let us remind y'all out there, our beautiful, lovely Locamores, who we cherish. Um, but this shit is free, bitch. And um, <laughs> just remember that. It's just funny. remember that. It's funny because uh, I, listen, I listen to Adesis and Mero. Yes. And Adesis will say things like, you know, like, I think we repeated this joke, but you know what? It's free. It's free. So <laughs> you're getting free content. <laughs> exactly. And it's so funny. <laughs> That's like probably one of my favorite things right now is like, okay, well, it's free. So there you go. There you go. Que mas quieren? <laughs> Lord, we have a little story we'll share. Yes. later in a moment and, and it'll make sense it'll make sense it'll make sense but anyway this shit is free bitch so hit us hit us on venmo at locatora dash radio if you want to contribute even when we get little donations five bucks ten bucks oh my god should we tell the chicago story oh my god <laughs> i'm embarrassed I'm by so this dead. story <laughs> i'm so dead okay oh. so we went to northwestern <laughs> right because muy muy right we went to northwestern to go give a keynote and shit a live podcast and um we went to chicago and like both of us 
had like no money like to no our money. names. We I had, had no money. No money in our accounts. Yeah. No money, no money. And then in the podcast account, because we have a little joint like mm-hmm. Locatora account, no money in the Locatora account, no money. And so we were like, I was <laughs> I was in the airport, right? And we're on our way to Chicago. We're waiting for our Uber. And we're like, how the fuck are we going to get around and survive? Like, how are we going to get places? We have zero dollars. Yeah. I was like, also <laughs> like my job, we don't have direct deposit because the turnaround is like so high. Right, right. So I have to physically get a check and payday was on Friday and I was in Chicago. Right. So I literally didn't have a check to cash because exactly. it was in LA we're like not m- in Chicago. Majorly inconvenient. Yeah. Um, and so I'm we're in the airport on our way and I'm like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to post our Instagram story to remember that we have a Venmo if anyone wants to donate <laughs> our indie project. I'm like, some bitches are going to donate and we're going to have some money and we'll be fine nobody donated except we get a notification (laughs) that our friend javi mendoza (laughs) sent us ten dollars and we were like facepalm not you javi Javi, (laughs) you help us with everything not you javi Uh, (laughs) oh it was too funny you know we have been balling on a budget oh yeah yeah, yeah. like have so many projects in the works that like behind the scenes projects that we haven't launched yet yeah and, so much. And all of our money has been going to that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Plus, like, we don't pay ourselves. We pay our team. Exactly. It's expensive out here, you too, know? just to live and survive. Shit. Yeah, it's like, damn, I love doing my nails, but... Lord. Fuck, this, is, this, is, this is the podcast budget. <laughs> exactly. Like, the nails are now a part of the podcast budget because now it's they're real. a part of the brand. It's 100% so, true. Like, this is just what it goes into it. Yeah. This is what it takes. But it was really... It, yeah. But we, we finessed that we weekend. We finessed that weekend. We went out. We drank. We did everything. We got Shout Ubers. Shout out to my Peruana listeners, our Peruana listeners. Our listeners took care of us. They, they gave us rides. Gave me pisco all night. <laughs> yes, they did. Oh, oh my God, you were no. dead the next day. <laughs> I was dead. I was dead. Had, had not been that hungover probably since I was 21. <laughs> we, we like barely made it to the airport. I don't know how I made it to the airport. <laughs> I wore a dress that was way too short. It was way too short. And we, y'all, we almost my missed our flight. My ass was falling we out. We almost and missed I'm like our trying flight. To run. And I'm like, Mala couldn't run through the airport. I couldn't run. Like when we got there, they were like, oh my God, we were about to close the doors and give your seats away. Yep. <laughs> like um no we have no money we have to go back home literally like, we have we to can't stay in chicago <laughs> we don't have any money we have no choice <laughs> and we have to go oh uh, but we made it we made it y'all anyway that that is like an, some oh. insight into some behind the scenes is, shit that happens that you, none of y'all see that doesn't go on it. the gram nope that doesn't even go on onto the podcast but it's happening but we are some messy bitches sometimes <laughs> but we always make it work we make it work we're resourceful shout out to my friend melissa who like yes. treated us to lunch and she's like in a full-ass adult like a grown-up you know like she, she like, is a like a woman that has a home yep. runs a nonprofit, is like super dope i met her in undergrad she was uh doing her phd actually and so she took us to lunch dropped us off at the airport pa- paid for lunch paid for lunch <laughs> Dropped us off at the airport and was like, if you miss your flight, call me and I'll come back and pick you up. Yeah, yeah, Thankfully, yeah. we made it. But shout out to my girl, Melissa. She's a homegirl for sure. No, for sure. For sure. Like so many mujeres came through for us yet again. As Always. per usual, women take care of women. Yep. Whew, All right. Good times. Anyway. So on to our favorite segment. And one of our favorite topics, because it keeps coming up because our listeners keep asking us about it. Yeah. Is what, Diosa? Living at home. Living this at home. This question that we got this week 
Um, I actually think, Mala, you received it personally, but mm-hmm. we wanted to bring it today because it comes up a lot. Yeah. Well, the question is, do you live at home? If not, were your parents ever offended or tried to dissuade you from getting your own place? Right. And so also context, whenever we open up our our ourselves for questions, and even when we don't, we get this question all the time. Our listeners are always asking and different listeners. So like recently, I got a question in my DMs. Diosa, you got a question, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And then as a podcast, we're always getting this question. So I just think it's really interesting. And I bring that up to say like our demographic, like Latinas, what? 20 to 40 basically like this is what's on our minds like this is what we're navigating and dealing with so the reason why we talk about it is because our listeners ask us and bring it up right yeah um and we do live at home so Mm -hmm. for me I do live at home I have my own apartment behind my grandmother's house right Mm -hmm. like my grandmother is my landlord so like I have my own space I pay rent um but I'm with my family yeah you know like Mm -hmm. there's still like a there's still only minimal privacy in a lot of ways. Yeah, totally. Um, and so my parents never have necessarily dissuaded me from getting my own place, but they always made it clear that they wanted me to be at home Yeah. Um, for a lot of different reasons. But what dissuaded me from like branching out and getting my own place is money. Number one, first and foremost, we live in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really expensive. And so it makes the most sense for me mm-hmm. and all I can speak about is for myself to live at home. Right. I also think like I'm trying to be very cognizant of the fact like if I were to move out, am I going to be a hentifier? Like am I going to like move into somewhere to some place that like a family was living in and was like pushed out because the rent was too high and you know you know what I mean? Like I'm very I try to be very cognizant of that especially like we record in Boyle Heights we're from like you know different we're from different communities i'm in southeast la mala's in mid city so mm-hmm. thinking about that like where um where would i even go if i moved out sure you right. know what i mean right uh ethically where would i go yeah you know my partner lives in the south bay like geographically we're really spread out like mala and i just in general like where we live where yeah. we work where we take meetings, like all those kinds of things. We're all over the city. We're all over the city. Um, so I think that's what I think about when I think about moving out. But I, I still live at home. I moved back in 2015. And um, my parents never, I don't think it's really been an, uh, it's kind of been like an unspoken thing. Like no one has said like, yeah, you're going to come back home. But financially, I had to go back home. Yeah. I didn't. Literally. Yeah. That's like, what it was. <laughs> I, had to, I had to go back home. And I also like saw that my parents were like going through some stuff and I was like, okay, I need to go back home now. Mm-hmm. I like, I moved away, went to college, did the thing, applied for jobs in the Bay actually. Um, and then I like, something kept calling me back home. So I, I moved back to LA, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, my parents have never dissuaded me. I do feel like um, a pressure because a pressure to stay. Mm-hmm. Now that I am, I feel more pressure to stay now. Mm-hmm. Not that, not that, yeah, I feel the pressure to stay mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah, I think for me, my, my parents want me to be able to save as much money as I can so that I can, like, I can comfortably have my own spot and maybe like maybe it's a house yeah, who knows maybe it's you something know you own. maybe it's a condo that I own mm-hmm. and I'm down for that I would rather be in a position where if I'm paying a landlord or if I'm paying for my living space that I'm investing in my space and I'm like moving towards ownership you yeah, know if I'm going to be spending the money I want 
I want it to be on something that will be mine. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. So we, it's funny because so we got a DM from a listener. Yeah. Who like had like a, a like a qualm as she put it with something that we talked about in a previous episode. Mm -hmm. And um, she wrote a lot, like many, many paragraphs, right. About this topic, about living at home. Cause we, we've, again, we've talked about this so many times. I feel like we've talked about this a lot. Um, And she had a qualm and she was basically saying like, we made a comment about how, Oh, like if you move out, you're going to be paying money to white landlords and who is that benefiting and this, that, and the other. She didn't like the tone of it because she lives abroad and she's like a working adult. And so she wanted like clarification or something. I don't know really what she wanted, but she wanted to bring up that she didn't like our take on that. And I'm just, and then in my responses to her, I was like, um, I kind of don't even remember what you're talking about because we've recorded so many hours of audio. Um, we've talked about this so many times. Also, do you? There's no way to be a bad Latinx. Like, live your life. Keep up the good work. Yeah. Verbatim. The question, I think, was something like, am I a bad Latinx for, like, choosing not to live at home? And absolutely not. No. Like, first of all, we never use that language of bad or good. Second of all. We're very lucky that we have that we're able to move back into our homes. Like we don't, you know, I can speak for myself. Obviously, Mala can speak for herself. I there are some toxic things about my family life, like about my home life. Um, but I can live there. Like it's yeah. something that I can I can still do. There are folks that are displaced. There are folks that have really horrible relationships with family and for their own survival, they can't move back home. You know, so like we understand that. So we never say like, oh, you should move back home. So you're not giving your money to a landlord. That's really not what we said. That's what I say about myself. (laughs) Exactly. And like, like we said, this shit is free, bitch. So relax, (laughs) re fucking relax. You know, I think like you can whoever, whoever is listening, like our listeners that are tuning in now, like however you decide to interpret our information or what we share, like that's that's how you interpret it and that's how you decide to apply it to your life or not the end of the day the biggest takeaway that i want our listeners to have is that you have full agency to decide what you do with your life boom and you have the authority to make decisions that are best for you yeah and you have the agency to be the author of your life. That's it. That's it. Period. If you listen to no more episodes, which I hope you do, but if you don't, I want that to be the biggest takeaway. Yeah. Nope. Never do we say you're a bad this or that. Do you live your life? 100% women need to exercise their agency in Latinx families. We don't, we're not given agency. So exercise your Uh agency uh in whatever way possible. And what that looks like for you. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. And also, I don't give a fuck what you do. (laughs) I just don't care that much. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, love you. Appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. But it's this kind of like thing where I would like for people to just like kind of let the audio be the audio, you know, and not derive too much not try and 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 take too much meaning out of every single thing. You know, we sit here and talk a lot of shit. I mean, I think it it becomes an issue when something is like nitpicked and, and that's like, what was going on oh, but you said this and now you're saying that i'm like i don't remember what i said exactly it's like, been three years you know and, yeah and, and this question she wasn't nitpicking at us yeah so it, it was really strange um and 
you know, unfortunately, like those are the kinds of messages where it all then makes us question, like, should we not even be answering DMs anymore? Right. You know, because then it's like, why are you interrogating me? Right. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> and, you know, all this, these details about us because we've shared. Right. We've shared these details. And this is something that I talked about. I, I did a story after this based off of this, like this exchange with mm-hmm. this mujer, because it was really unsettling, to be honest. And I had to tell her, like the nitpicking at our content and asking us questions about like moves we made in our lives. Like it was very interrogation style. And I was like, this is making me uncomfortable, like chill. So I did a story on it. And here's the thing as listeners Keep these numbers in mind. Keep this situation in mind. We hit our 500,000 all-time listens mark. That's half a million listens. That's a lot of people like listening to what we're saying. We've been recording for three years. We're, we just were, this is capítulo 68, right? Each episode is, is some, sometimes we have episodes that are over an hour long. So I bet you we've recorded like uh, at least a hundred hours of audio since we've been recording, right? We have over 19,000 followers on the Locatora account. We have 10K plus followers on each of our individual accounts. That's thousands and thousands of people engaging with our words constantly or engaging with like details about our lives that we choose to share. But I say all this to remind y'all that you all know a lot more about us than we will ever know about you. And it's an uneven exchange. So when you like have somebody who's like art that you like, or you have a podcaster that you listen to, just keep that in mind and like, don't take information that an artist has shared with you and to like weaponize it against them you know like do you like us or do you not like us right that's what, <laughs> do you I know. like us or do you like want to come for us I don't understand yeah like, yeah it was it was very strange and you know <clears throat> wish her well yeah she unfollowed she us unfollowed us <laughs> but all I said was live your life yeah do you it was really interesting but anyway that brings us to our final question yes um so I want to thank this listener she was super vulnerable in this DM and she states that she's a new listener and she's 27 years old and lives with her mom and she says Word. my mom is a single mother who cleans houses and is getting into the habit of giving of keeping everything that is given to her by her patronas and it's causing a hoarding problem I love my mom and all but it's a tiny apartment and it's not feeling like a home anymore I have tried talking to her about it but we just end up fighting it's getting to the point where I hate being home and I don't want to move out and leave my mom alone because I'm afraid it'll get worse. Mm. Any advice as to what I should do? So this is such an interesting um, question and situation because, and we've talked about this, but I've noticed that um, there's a lot of us with family members who have hoarding tendencies. So like my grandmother definitely is a very organized hoarder. And my grandma also cleaned houses um, for white people. And like, you know, she also like treasures all things that like pictures of them and, and cards and things that remind her of them or gifts that they've given her. And I have a friend whose grandmother is definitely a hoarder. And I like walked into her grandmother's house once and it was like very overwhelming, you know, like rooms that you can't enter. And these are women who are Mexican women, right? Um, And so I feel like what I've learned is you kind of have to let them be. Like, you can't force them to get rid of their things. It's not going to work out. They will respond very negatively. Like, they will be very defensive. It really is, like, kind of... I I can't diagnose things, but it really is an an issue that requires, like, a therapist. Um, So I would, you know, recommend... A mediator, a counselor, a therapist, if it's accessible. Um, 
there is a podcast called Latinx Therapy, mm-hmm. and she actually does an episode on hoarding. Mm. So I think that that's something that you should check out so that she, I'm sure she has recommendations on how to approach this conversation. Yeah, because I would just say that, like, be careful of taking this on as, like, your personal battle. I know this yeah. involves your living space, and so there has to be, like, a level of compromise there. So conversation is really important. I don't know where your mom is at, like, what level she is, you know, with her situation. But, like, definitely have a conversation with her and explain about, like, your space and, like, you need space, I think. Um, but don't let this become a horrible wedge in your relationship with your mother because I just think that it's just a really touchy sort of dynamic. Yeah. Like a senora and her things, mm-hmm. you know. Um, don't mess with the senora's things. No. She doesn't like it. Mm-mm. You know, so it's so tricky. Yeah. I wish you well. I wish you the best because yes. that's hard. That's really hard. Mm-hmm. I would approach it with like gentleness. Lots of gentleness. And like ease. And, like, maybe being aware that you might have to just maybe take a pause at the conversation and, like, mm-hmm. pause there and walk away from it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, something that you do in, like, almost increments. You know, I I wonder if there's, like, a compromise to be made. Like, is the, is she willing to invest in a storage unit to, yeah. like, put her... She can keep her things, but can she put them somewhere else? Can yeah. they live somewhere else? Yeah. Or even just a little... I don't know if there's, like, a little, like, cabinet armario type like this is where you can you can keep all your things but this is where they have to go yeah you know just ways to share the space yeah good luck girl good luck girl that's hard that's really hard um okay thank you for that question yes that was a good way to look guys yes so i feel cleansed right <laughs> so moving forward moving on we are in our multidimensional whole quarter and yes, we, we wanted to talk about something Girl. that has been all over social media Lord. and that really fucking grinds our gears. It's some craziness. Ice Bay. First of all, um, I don't even know where to begin. I don't know where to begin. So to recap, who is Ice Bay? Oh, For our some listeners, dumb who, bitch. Some dumb bitch. 100%. There was a photo that was circulating and it was of who was it? Mike Pence. Yeah. Mike Pence and other fucking senators and shit, whoever they were, white men who run our country and ruin lives. Yeah. They were there visiting one of the concentration camps where asylum seekers are being held. And there was an ICE agent, a Latina, Mm -hmm. who was in the photo. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, when that photo started circulating, people automatically started talking about her. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, salute to our Latina, like ICE agents and da 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 And then people felt like she was very attractive, so they started to call her Ice Bay. They dubbed her Ice Bay. They dubbed her Ice Bay. So offensive. And it's become, like, a viral thing, and I think that she's probably going to, like, get some press. She's going to get some press. She's going to do some interviews, Uh probably. Uh, because it also like it behooves the fucking um, the government the government. Look at this ho- Latina like, ice Homeland Security officer. ice that's like oh there's a Latina like that people are proud of and like see yeah La- Latinx folks want it too exactly La- you know what I mean the headline writes itself like America yeah. falls in love with beautiful Latina ice agent honestly what the f so you know we wanted to bring this up during specifically during this episode. 
under the multi-dimensional hoe quarter. Yeah. Because this is not multi-dimensional hoe this done is wrong. correctly. This, this is, is wrong. Wrong. This is wrong. She's using her powers for evil, y'all. Like, And it's not acceptable. It's, yeah. Like, jokes aside, like, this is some bullshit. Like, first of all, the men are right. our weakest link. 100%. Like, men of color are the weakest link. They're the weakest link because they're the ones that are, like, propelling her forward, mm-hmm. pushing her forward, giving her all the likes, and giving, sending her all the thirsty comments. And, like... They created the damn, monster y'all. that is Ice Bay. Yeah. Now, look. So, bad bitches. I, I, I did a, a rant about this on my story as well because this also upset me. Bad bitches are supposed to use our powers for good, not evil. And when I say our powers, I really mean our privilege, like the privilege that meeting society's beauty standards offers you, right? So you can use those privileges to like advocate on behalf of people, to help redistribute resources, to get what you want, but what do you want? And is it like for the greater good, right? So I don't appreciate women who like will utilize like their identity in that way to f- cause harm. Yeah. That's not acceptable. No. You need to utilize your privilege, leverage it for positive things. Mm-hmm. And this is not positive. This is not positive. Yeah. Th- these are like actual concentration camps that are being run and homegirl is about to become the face of it. Right. Like literally she already is it's becoming the face of it. Kind of like there are examples of women in history like what's her face Coco Chanel Mm -hmm. didn't Coco Chanel help she wasn't she like a Nazi sympathizer yes didn't she like contribute to Nazi causes so that's another example this bad bitch extremely influential in the beauty world in women's beauty right using her powers her influence her privilege her money for evil yeah there's it's a thing and like women beautiful women are allowed to get away with a lot of things because that's the privilege kicking in shielding one from consequences even when you're doing harm right so ice bay not down don't like it no and she was wearing terrible acid wash jeans she was acid wash jeans should have stayed in the with 80s. the five buttons. We usually don't come for women's clothing, no. but in this situation, we're gonna go there, right? And the thing is, like, she really does know what she's doing. You know, like, I feel like she she because she has made a couple of videos since then. She knows, and she like tries to appear like very aloof, like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm new to this. I'm new to Twitter. I'm new to that. Blah, blah blah, all this stuff. But like, that just contributes to like the allure of like, right. oh, see, she like hasn't even had a Twitter. Like, she hasn't been tainted by like. Twitter and like all social of, justice warriors. Exactly. She's a, she's just a regular girl. Literally. Yeah. The, yeah. These are the thoughts. These are the comments. And it's just Ugh. very frustrating and infuriating when there are so many, you know, refugees in these cages, Literally. in these concentration Children, camps. Babies. And then you see our women of color, our people of color, black folks, um, protesting, you know, trying to like get these people out. Yeah. Doing, Holocaust giving survivors. All their, giving all their fucking resources, mm-hmm. you know, to like dismantle this. And like, then you have these, you know, this woman. Right. And all the other people and all the other women and all the other men and all the other folks that are involved. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's just so frustrating. And look, you know that what's going on is fucked up when both. Japanese and old elderly Japanese internment survivors and 
and Holocaust survivors are coming out to say this is fucked up, protesting, shut it down. Yeah. That's all I need to know. Yep. You're telling me internment camp and Holocaust survivors are coming, old elderly people are coming out to tell us this is wrong. It's wrong. It's fucking wrong. The end. The end. Shut it down. So yeah, cancel Ice Bay. Don't give her any clout, y'all. Don't like, give her any just, clout. Just, I have kind of been like looking at her profile here and there every couple of days because I'm just... I'm so like she's growing in followers, right? This bitch has more followers than we do. She does, <laughs> like, like overnight, 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 overnight. And I've just been watching it because I think it's just a really interesting case study as to what the fuck is going on in this country. A mess, you know, and like the folks that are in support and the type of people that they are, you yep. know, and like it's just wild to me to watch it unfold. It's a big old mess. It's a huge mess. Yeah. that it, Like, I'm just, like, at a loss for words, you know? I'm just like, this is where the fuck we are? This like, is where really? we are. It's so backwards. Like, it's all, like, hellfire. And you know what fucks me up is still going back to the the elderly, like, survivors, right, protesting and stuff. They've been dealing with this bullshit forever, and it's still happening. Yeah. Like, this has already happened. People were alive to, like, go through all this bullshit. I think of, like... Like John Lewis, right? Right. Yes. He's seen it's he's still dealing with this bullshit with racism and oppression. It's been his entire life. Like these people have seen this their entire lives. And it makes me very sad. It does make me really sad. Yeah. Because it's just this uphill, Mm -hmm. uphill battle. Mm -hmm. You know, it like stops for no one. White supremacy is evil. Oh, my God. It's a takeaway. Fuck. Speaking of white supremacy. Yeah, this is a good segue. Oh, my God. We have God. lots of feelings uh, this capítulo, y'all. This lots, episode, yeah. Lots of feelings. So. Let's get into it. Not only were we upset by Ice Bay, this is kind of uh, going into like a weird things white women did this week type segment. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, an article was published by none other than the New York Times... Um, writer Jennifer Miller wrote an article called Have We Hit Peak Podcast? And you know what? I just noticed it's, it's in the style section. That's weird. It is in the style section. Interesting. I'm not sure why. Yeah. But hmm, it's fascinating. In the, style the plot section. thickens. Yeah. So, um, Have We Hit Peak, peak Podcast? Uh, Jennifer Miller, July 18th. And I saw on Twitter because people were already reacting to this. Of course. Then I read it. I'm going to read the first couple paragraphs Please. to y'all because this is what set us off. In 2016, Morgan Mandriota and Lester Lee, two freelance writers looking to grow their personal brands, decided to start a podcast. They called it The Advice Podcast and put about as much energy into the show's production as they did the name. After all, no one was paying them for this yet. Each week, the friends, neither of whom had professional experience dispensing advice, met in a free room at the local library and recorded themselves chatting with an iPhone 5. We assumed we'd be huge have affiliate marketing deals and advertisements, Miss Mandriota said. But six episodes in, when neither Casper Mattresses nor Me Undies had come knocking, the friends quit. Today, Miss Mandriota says the same DIY spirit that made having a podcast alluring is precisely what doomed the project. You can talk about the trees outside as much as you want, but if you're not going to serve listeners and do it in a way that's engaging, your chances of going viral are low, she said, calling her show the most makeshift podcast with mediocre advice. 
Now, these are the opening paragraphs to Jennifer Miller's article in the New York Times, where she's basically talking about how the podcast market is saturated, how podcasts, some statistic that she quotes that only like 19% of podcasts put out new episodes between like May and July of this year. Mm -hmm. So like there's tons of podcasts, but there's not, they're not, there's not a lot of longevity or are there too many? And so she uses an example to like, prove her point and her argument, make her argument about the the future of podcasting being bleak and there's too many and the bubble is bursting. She uses as an example of the health of podcasting, this woman and her friend Lester and their failed podcast that they didn't complete after six episodes. This These people do not have an active podcast and yet they have a write-up in the New York Times delving into their podcasting work as if it's some indicator of the podcasting landscape when, again, these people don't have a podcast. Yeah. It pisses me off. It's irresponsible journalism. Like, this is what journalism is at right now. Like, that, it makes me question, like, this is what we're, this is what we're doing now? Is this, this is what I have to write to get into the New York Times? Right. This is it. This is excellent. This is what I can do? This is excellent. Oh, because I'm not white. This is the standard. So, actually. Some bullshit. So, because I'm like, if this bitch doesn't have a podcast, how did this author even find out about her to interview her? I did some search searching on Twitter because uh, I will follow a thread for all of it, and I will click on all the threads that are happening within the thread. So that is how I do my Twitter research. Okay, so this one, so someone was like. Like who's like who does your dad know is basically what they asked. Like basically. who do you know? Like how did you get how did you get this feature if you don't have an active podcast? Yeah. So she's apparently replied to a question on LinkedIn, but it was it was still like there was a link. Like there was someone that knew someone that like referred her kind of thing. Oh. So the question on LinkedIn was like, did you have a podcast and stop? So that was like how this author put out the question and how she vetted her her subjects was, did you have a podcast and stop? But if you stop, then how is it the future of podcasting? Exactly. Well, I mean, the argument is that podcasting is going nowhere or it's bleak because people just stop it. That's I mean, that's what she's getting at. Right. That like people will just stop after six episodes. So that's like kind of where the future is. It's so dumb, though, because is that not true of every medium and Every idea, every start, how many startups started up and then stopped? How many people started writing a book and then stopped? How many people thought mm-hmm. they were going to become an actor and then stopped? Right. It, every, it's the failure to launch is true in every single sector in of the world. Every single sector, yeah. And you know, what really bothers me is that the tone of this just really discourages folks from entering a medium that is changing, that's evolving, that hasn't really been institutionalized yet. Right. So it, it really bothers me that it, it's really discouraging that it makes, it almost makes a joke. Uh, it's yeah. like the butt of the joke is like, Oh, everyone has a podcast, Sure. you know? And that really bothers me because podcasting is, can be a really accessible tool for folks of color, for folk, for low income folks, for folks that are mobilizing, that are community organizing, Absolutely. you know? So it really bothers me that this is the take and this is the angle. Exactly. When we know that our gente, our folks have, are like using this medium or social media or Instagram or Twitter or whatever it may be like this kind of grassroots indie yeah. DIY thing. Like this is what it's used for. And, I don't know. Now that people of color are doing it, it's like, what, bleak? I don't understand. Exactly. It's like, not. I think it's not that the market is saturated. It's that the market 
is too brown <laughs> is that, and too black. Is that what they're saying? It's too brown and too black. They don't like it anymore. And yeah. here's the thing. Like, how are you going to say that it's, the podcasting is dead? We uh, posted to our Instagram and to our Twitter. We did a thread kind of in response. Then we posted to our Instagram to further elaborate. But we do so much with this vehicle. Like, we do so much and we're doing so well. If we can toot our own horn for a second, I mean... We hosted throughout the city of Los Angeles, 11 separate podcasting workshops through the public library, and all of them were extremely well attended. Yeah, we had about 30 people at each. Like on the ground in real life, people are showing up because they want to know and they want to learn and they want to start their podcast. Like there is interest in the streets, in the world, like it's out there. But you got to be willing to talk to people of color to find out that story and to know that this is going on. Um, You got to be able to talk to indie creators. We throw an event everybody shows up we throw a party it's sold out like we can mobilize people in real life the reed has a show mm-hmm. jesus and marrow have a show now they're on showtime they like. all started out as podcasters <laughs> yeah like how are you gonna tell me how are you gonna tell me that the future is bleak look at the launching pad right well these are also people of color exactly that are doing the podcast you gotta be willing to see it's like cognitive dissonance. How yeah. do you look at the media landscape and be tuned in, plugged in in any way and not realize that podcasting has launched media platforms for tons of people? Even fucking Joe Budden, who I can't stand, yeah. has found huge success with his podcast, yeah. you know, so and like revamped his whole fucking image and like got back out there. Um, but yeah, like. It just tells me a lot about how white writers and journalists, the internet is segregated, the media landscape is segregated. They either don't see it or they don't recognize it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But it's not that it's not happening. No, definitely. And, you know, it's like folks never say that, you know, media, TV, film, screenwriting, novels, books, poetry, whatever is oversaturated. It is, and that's every market is oversaturated every market is over, because everyone is trying to create something. There are billions of people in the world. Yeah, billions. Like, you know, <laughs> I, it are, just it doesn't make sense. All the streaming services yes. are those oversaturated? Should people just stop making shows? Yeah. Everyone stop. There's too many. Right. No more. Right. No, that's not how this shit works. No. So, anyways, if you're a journalist out there, come interview some real fucking podcasters because we put out our episodes every month. Without fail, consistently. Consistently. We do our events. We're out here fucking hustling. I don't want to hear any excuses. I don't want to see no more fucked up articles about mediocre bitches who don't do their work yeah. and then complain about it. It's, no. Yeah. I saw someone on, tw- on Twitter t- say like, oh, failing upward is also for white women, yep. not just white men. Yup. But I'm like, wow, this woman has a full ass photo in the New York Times for, for not, not having, having a, a podcast. podcast. And, I'm, and here we are. What are we doing? Fuck. What are we doing are we, wrong? Are we working too hard? I think we're Damn working it. too hard. Fuck. We're working way too hard. That shit fucks me up, girl. The workshops, the keynotes, the traveling. And having the our writing, day jobs. Having our day <laughs> jobs. We do way too much. We need fucking vacations. Bitch. Honestly. Damn. But we love it. It's we a love labor it. of love. It's a labor of love. We want to do this full time. That's also why we hustle so hard. Like we want to be able to yeah. leave the day jobs at some point. And have longevity in it. You yeah. Know? So, you know. It is what it is. But we don't like it. We don't like it. So anyways, pitch us. Pitch us to all the journalists. Pitch us. Pitch us. Pitch us. At the New York Times, at the LA Times, 
Because I don't know. It's funny, too, because I see stuff like this gets published. But sometimes when we do reach out to journalists, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, no, we'll pass. Yeah. We don't really like um, vet journalists. Like, that's not really something that we do. No. Like, journalists have very much approached us. And yeah. we, but we know that that's its own thing. Like, people will have, like, a PR person on mm-hmm. their team that, like, email, 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 email. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. reach out. And, like, eventually something does bite. We just don't have... That capacity no. to do that. It's a lot of work. Um, shout out to people that do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's just we have been very blessed in the sense that f- when f- folks have reached out to us to write about us. Yeah. You know. And again, they've all been women of color. Always. All the journalists that have covered us have been women of color. Yep. Which tells us a lot, too, about like if people of color are not in the newsroom. Yep. Then the people of color who are creating and who are making art and creating culture will not be written about. No, nope. because white people do not write about us. Men do not write about us. Mm-mm. If it was only men of color in newsrooms, our projects, our businesses, our initiatives would not be covered. No, they still wouldn't be there. They still wouldn't be there. Women of color must be in the newsroom writing covering stories, journalism, a shout out to the Latinas who are doing it. I mean, um, one of my favorite writers and journalists and the first editor to publish any of my work, Marjua Estevez. Um, incredible. Um, I mean, Maria Hinojosa, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's um, Amanda Alcantara. Yeah. Um, there's Latina Raquel. Raquel, Raquel Mariela, the Mariela Rosario. She shared this really great story that we all grow about how, when she was a journalist, that she, um, you know, told her editors that she wanted to be editor in chief of a magazine, mm. and like people would laugh at her kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And now she's the editor in chief of Hip Latina, an online Boom. publication. So, Boom. Toma. Yeah. You know. So. Elaine Welterworth has her book. Yes. She was editor-in-chief at Teen Vogue. Mm-hmm. Like, there are women of color doing it, but they have to be there or else yep. the on-the-ground, the stories will not be covered. That's one of the major takeaways of what I've learned through yep. this podcasting process, mm-hmm. for sure. All right. So moving on, we have a word from our sponsors before we go into a song break mm-hmm. and bring on our guests. This has been a long capitulo. Oh, yeah. I hope y'all are still We're, tuning in. We had a lot to say. It's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a minute. All right. So a quick word from our sponsors, Therapy for Latinx. We're taking a moment to shout out Therapy for Latinx that uses the latest technology to make it as easy as possible for people to find therapists life coaches, emergency mental health centers, and free low-cost community clinics. We highly recommend checking out their online database. They're a growing database. They have been putting events on. They have been doing live videos and chats with mental health experts and therapists. So recommend following them, Therapy for Latinx. Check out their their database, their online database. And, you know, we are all about mental health conversations, the glow up, self-care, self-love, putting yourself first and going to therapy is one way that you can do that. Absolutely. Thank you, Therapy for Latinx, for your support and the service that you provide to the community. So before we get into our song break, we're going to introduce our interview guest. Uh, You may remember her. She had a hit song called Gangsta that came out in 2013. Kat Dahlia is known for her razor-sharp lyrics and distinct flow. This Cuban-American songstress created a lane for herself when she popped on the scene a few years back with hit singles Gangsta and I Think I'm in Love, which collectively amassed over 200 million plays. 
After a two-year hiatus from releasing music where Kat spent time redefining her musical purpose, collaborating with other artists, and creating a new lane for herself, Kat shares her latest offering, a bilingual project pulling from her Latin roots fused with R&B and pop rhythms. So we're going to bring on Kat for a conversation about her new music after the song break. Orcasteras Peligrosas. that we have here in studio at Espacio. Hey, Kat. Hello, hello. What's up? Can you please introduce yourself um, for our listeners, for our locamores? I am, my name's Kat Dahlia. I'm a singer-songwriter from Miami. And uh, yeah, happy to be here. Happy to be here. Yes, I'm so excited that you're going to be chatting with us today. Um, It's just amazing to have you in in the studio. And um, especially after I've read that you took some time off you had like a little two-year hiatus so it's like really cool to see you creating music again and just out here in LA yeah I took a little time off after I left um the major label situation I needed like some time to just figure what out what I wanted to do next like musically sound wise so I just took a break lived life and then the last like year and a half I've just been working on the music so hiatus in a way but more just in the cut yeah. yeah. You were in the trenches crea- yeah, creating. Exactly. Exactly. And People you- see it as a hiatus, mm-hmm. but it's really you're just like locked in. Love it. And yeah. you you moved out to LA recently? I moved out here four years ago. Okay. So, so that's been another here for a while. <laughs> Yeah, you've been here for a while. Offer. I've been here for a minute, yeah. Yeah. Love yeah. the space though. I love where you guys are at. Thank- shopping after. Oh, thank you. But uh I do love LA. I like it a lot. Um I feel like there's a lot of things similar to, like, Miami that feel reminiscent. And then it has its, like, whole other flavor to it, which I like. Hate the traffic, but you're Absolutely. Know, you know, right. We, we all hate the traffic. Sucks the life out of me. I don't... And you're wearing your Florida pen- necklace right now. <laughs> yeah, I got my Florida <laughs> chain on. It's really cute. Florida Barbie. Hey. It's super, super Every cute. day. Thank you. And um, we were talking before we started recording, we were talking about uh, your song that I think like is your hit, Gangsta, right? Mm-hmm. That came out when in 2013? I guess so. Probably 2013 or yeah. Yeah. Maybe 2012. Around there. Around there. Right. And just kind of reminiscing, I heard, uh, the first I heard of you in your music was not out here in LA, but was in Massachusetts. Um, Yeah. Because I was going to school in Medford outside of Boston. And that's where, like, I was introduced to that song. And I immediately was like, this is really different. It's kind of spooky. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I like your tone. I really liked your tone and, like, your delivery and just kind of the whole package was really, really cool. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Spooky. That's funny. I never heard that before. But yeah, I guess it was dark. I mean, I was definitely doing some dark ish. Um, And um, yeah, I had, like, that was, like, the beginnings of, like, the major label stuff and, like, getting into it. But. 
I love that record still. Shout out to DJ Pup Dog for always spinning my record out there. He really like supported me hard and like blew me up out there. So he's probably the reason why you even heard me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, what I really liked about that song too is there was a lot of focus on like mothers and sacrificing. There was like some Catholic imagery. Right. Yeah. You know, I was very into it. Um, it was definitely some real, just like real talk, you know? Yeah. I feel like at, at that time, especially like what was popping was like, Lady Gaga and Katy Perry and mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, definitely, yeah. It was like a different time yeah. in music for sure. And I feel like, I I remember my headspace. It was very much just like, man, I want to make what I like and I want to talk about what feels like, I don't know, what I want to hear from a song. Like what what feels like it speaks to me. I'm going to just write to myself almost in a way. It actually first started off as a joke. It started off as a parody my older brother used to write parody songs. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I was writing a parody to, obviously, Wangsta, 50 Cent. Right. And then as I was writing it, I was like, man, maybe this could be something actually, like, more serious and more okay. personal. So as I was writing it, I kind of started morphing it more into, like, something that became... It was almost like I'm, I'm writing, like, laughing my head off, and then I'm like, actually... And then I'm, here. like, angry and crying or whatever. But. Very cool. I love that, because you're, you're definitely walking us through the process of uh, creating art, right? It starts mm-hmm. as an idea, and you think it's going to look a certain way, and then Yo, it really a lot just of times, takes a, a life of its own. Some, a lot of times, it starts off as a fucking joke. Like, it, the best... Some of the best ideas come out of jokes. Like, we'll just be, like, throwing lyrics around, and it'll be like kiss on my genitals kiss on my genitals but then we're like damn it's a fire melody okay hold on wait let's put an actual lyric to that and then you know sometimes a lot of great things come out of just jokey stuff you know I think that's especially when you're like after years of writing and stuff it's kind of just fun to play around you know with art I think it's meant to be played with yeah when did you um so the transition from or the journey from gangsta to i'm doing good and Mm -hmm. that creative process what has that been like oh my god i mean so many ups and downs i mean sheesh cheese that was like what like six seven years ago that that song came out so i mean i was in the major label system for a good amount of time i was there for five years and i learned a lot i mean i was super green when i got in and you just learn the ins and outs of just the craziness that goes on and you learn a lot about yourself um it's very like um I don't know like a lot of discovery happens when you're in that kind of a situation there's a lot of pressure you realize how quickly you can lose yourself how hard it is to find yourself but how available it is and who you really are sometimes um I think when I came out I was like just like relieved because I felt I don't know, you just feel relief. You just feel like you can start just being yourself again without so many sure voices in your head. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like imagine like having, and it's not even family, but imagine having like a bunch of, or what it felt like to me, probably because my own issues, but it felt like a bunch of parents telling me what mm-hmm. to do. And it's like the little kid in me is like, damn, I, I want to appease my parents. Right. You know? But I think that's my own issues probably because, you know, I just have weird parent issues but don't we all yeah yeah. I can 100% relate to the comments so many times we we meet people in our lives and and like they will unconsciously trigger us and it's like oh damn there's my mom again (laughs) 
Yeah. It's like, oh, shit, I'm trying to appease this person because sure. there's my mom again. Oh, there's my dad, this older dude that I'm attracted to. Mm. <laughs> or whatever oh. it is. It happens. Cudiosa, cudiosa, <laughs> the daddy issues jumped out. Yes, 100%. <laughs> it happens. It happens. It happens. It happens for real. But yeah. once you start to become aware of your patterns and stuff, you can become like a more... Just an aware, I feel like aware woman, aware human being, and just kind of little by little as the years go on, more clear of what it is that I truly want. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk it's more hard. about that, that womanhood, exactly. too. I want to talk mm-hmm. more about womanhood in the in, and making music and being in the industry. industry yeah. yeah, sure. And because I feel like um, maybe when you were in it with the major label that was not really the me too movement had not necessarily hit yet <laughs> right so were you experienced like did you see things hear things like tell us about the landscape pre me too I mean, it's always it was always living and breathing of course in the in in music for sure big time it's living and breathing and right. i think in so many industries it's living and breathing and i think unconsciously like especially just being like a young girl a young Latina girl, a young, like, artist, a girl that happens to be, have my certain, you know, there's a history. There's always, like, a backstory. For me, it, it's almost like, and I think a lot of women, we felt like it was normal and acceptable, or we, we just normalized it, right? Sure. And we, dumb, we were just like, ah, you know, it is what it is, and we throw our hands up. But it's so crazy that it took this entire movement, and thankfully a lot of people speaking up, for I think even a lot of us to just wake up and be like, oh yeah, that's actually super fucked up. Right. And why are we accepting this? And why are why do we think it's okay? Yeah. As much as the guys do. Yeah, I think uh, exactly what you said about it being normal. Like the predatory behavior is yeah. so normalized that so we don't normalized. even see it as being predatorial. It's like, oh yeah, he's you know just doing that because that's what men do. Exactly. Right? I mean, it, it really is crazy. I mean. Like, I think, yeah, for the history of women and just the things that we've gone through over the centuries, I think it it is part of, it's like in our DNA to just kind of be suppressed and oppressed, unfortunately, sexually and just in so many aspects. And I mean, of course, like in the last couple hundred years, just trying to come up in, in industries as women and trying to be these power players and trying to be bosses, it's like a whole new level of, it's a whole other playing field that we're dealing with. But thankfully... Like I said, there is a Me Too movement and people are speaking up and, and we keep having the conversations because we don't want to forget again. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, music, I mean, of course, music industry is full of freaking, oh my Herbs. God. Creeps. Time. Creeps. But Herbs. I will say, dude, Everywhere. since since like the movement, so many dudes, and it's really annoying, but so many dudes, like, but at the end of the day, I'm grateful that they say that. They'll be like, oh, yeah, because, you know, I don't want to be me too, so, right. you know, I'm going to... And I'm like, They're you know, I hate that it's they minimize like it. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to like, be me too Oh, because I don't want to be me too like, so let me just chill on what I say. <laughs> you know, it's like they minimize it, but, you know, yeah. I'm like, you know what, actually, yes, go check yourself. I don't know what the fuck you were going to say. It's true. But yeah. I want them to be afraid. Yeah. They yeah, should be afraid. live in fear. Be afraid. They yeah. should walk on eggshells I'd rather me. that. I yeah, much that. like the men that now they say like, oh, like I can't even put my arm around someone in a yeah. picture, and Word. they do this obvious. Maybe like, I didn't want you to put exactly. your arm around me. Don't put your little don't hands touch me. on my the lower hips. back. <laughs> 
Right, your yeah. creepy little hands. Had an Have you seen official. those Keanu photos? We had an yes. elected official no, touching her, their backs. Yes, an elected official in LA did that to Touched us. Touched the smalls of our backs. It was so chill. uncomfortable. In front of a lot of people. Right. In a picture right. for a well, prolonged period of time. Yeah. Multiple times. It's Multiple crazy. Times. But yeah. So I yeah. will say that, I mean, I have definitely, I've been, you know, like someone that has played the game because again that's the playing field you know at the end of the day you need to at the, at the time even before the me too thing yeah you need to like yeah play the game right in right. other words you need to flirt you need to act like you might smash but you're not really going to you have no intentions of but Fair. you have to act like he's he he has a chance sure right. he might have a chance because if not these they, they won't they're not going to check for you. Mm-hmm. And it's messed up. Mm-hmm. It really is messed up. Some of these dudes that are big power players, they won't check for you unless you just, like, stroke their ego. Just and got to tickle their balls a they're little so bit. They're so fragile. It's so crazy. But, yeah. again, like, it takes these movements, it takes these conversations to be able to be like, wow, I yeah, why did I feel like I had to do that? Yeah. What? Well, also because a lot of the gatekeepers... Are men mm-hmm. with hard ons? I'm being so and all extra the money right now, and money. No, it's important. Talk it's about a, it. Bring it. Bring it. <laughs> bring all of it. it. It's true. No, and they have the money and they control they everything. Control the resources. Your yeah, they control everything. So. Damn. Well, I mean, and I think now hearing your hearing all of your thoughts now, like I can definitely feel the energy behind. I'm doing good and mm-hmm. just like don't come and try to fuck up my shit when I've been working yeah. so hard on this. Yeah, and I'm doing good. Facts. Your nails look so oh, good. Thank I just you. Saw them I for noticed the first them earlier right too, and like I come in oh, so drab. You. I'm just. But my birthday's this. in a week, so I'm waiting. Yes, yes. yes I'm like yes. waiting a few more days, yes. and I don't want to get them done. You got to be strategic. About I know about the timing. Timing and the calendar. I don't want too much growth it. on my yeah. birthday. Absolutely. What? Okay, I'm interested to know difference in, like, nail culture and such in Miami mm. versus L.A. Because we leave L.A. and people see our nails and they go, oh, you're so L.A. But yes. what's the nail situation in Miami? I guess, I don't know. I feel like it's relatively sim. Actually, no. Yeah, maybe not. Y'all are definitely have more color and there's, like, a little more loudness maybe and just, like, brightness. Interesting. Interesting. But Love I feel it. like I Miami's that. that way too, but not really. Miami's a little more toned down. Like, girls like to do the neutrals and they, uh, like... I don't know. Okay. It's just... But th- I don't know. There, there's girls that, that do, like, the louder, more colorful nails too. Sure. But I What's will say... Preference? I like both. Mm-hmm. Some, some days I'm feeling, like, a super natural color. Like, I'll do, like, a hella long acrylic, but I'll do it, like... Literally a nail color. Yeah, yeah. Or sometimes I'll do like bright red. I just I do everything. Depends on the mood. Depends on the yeah, mood. Totally. I feel the same way. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I will say I guess Cuban culture, like Miami culture, girls are a little more. I don't want to say safe, but a little more safe. I think maybe conservative. Uh, maybe conservative. I don't, I don't know, know if that's the right, the right word. word. Yeah. I think that basic. <laughs> I think our proximity to Hollywood, like LA, is LA, and like there's some weird shit here, but then yeah. it trickles down into like our cool shit. Our cool shit. Yeah. yeah. I think that mm-hmm. we really are one of those like fashion locales. Yeah, I agree. People people take risks with their people clothes. People take risks big here. time. Yeah. More so than in Miami. I will say like when I go out I love Miami and I love my city and that's where I'm gonna go and probably retire. But definitely the fashion is very subpar. It's not too cutting edge down there. You go to like I don't know, it's just not like here. Interesting. You have so much mm, more cool stuff to look at here. I love this. This is really great. Look at this mm-hmm. cultural exchange. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like even this store. The store is like raw. 
I will say in Miami, mm-hmm. like it's finally it's getting to a point like with the Wynwood areas and like downtown, like things are becoming cooler and the art scene is growing. Yeah. But yeah. it's almost like we're like a baby version, like a baby Miami tropical like Latin version of LA. Got and it. it's somewhat growing, but Yeah, we are. We're also really into like wearing our culture here. Mm -hmm. And like, there's a lot of just like local artists who have brands and create the graphic tees and the clothes Mm -hmm. and the the products. So you can like wear your Latinidad. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. We're very flamboyant in that way. And I think it's also just about looks. Mm -hmm. Like it's about looks. It's, it's depending on the circles you run in, but it's, I feel like it's less about, about brands and it's more just about dope. Things agreed and yeah. dope combinations, cool pieces, yeah, cool pieces. Putting the style, you know, the statement pieces. Yeah, Miami is a little bit still on that like brand shit. Got it's it. Just like labels, labels. You know, where do you like to shop? Good question. I mean, I do. I live like in, like I said, like I live like in Hollywood area. So I always go to Melrose for yeah. the most part, and I just hit up all those random little stores. I find like weird shit that I like but then also when I'm looking for quick stuff urban right I'm going to urban you're gonna get all your basics there yep yeah top shop <laughs> urban. top shop is great yeah finding my basics oh my so what's next <laughs> what's next for Cat Dahlia what's next for me I have a new single coming out actually August Ooh, 9th and okay. it's called Mojada um, and we're going to shoot the video for it. Or we already shot the video for it. I've actually been editing it for the last, like, couple weeks. Oh, cool. cool and cool, cool. so that's going to come out August 9th. And then I have, like, a couple festivals coming up. I'm doing Austin City Limits. I'm doing Los Zells in the Midwest. So Very if cool. y'all are, I don't know, happen to be there, come check me out there. And, yeah. And where can fun. folks uh, follow you and keep up with you can follow me at Cat Dahlia on my Instagram, same as Twitter, um, on my YouTube page. Definitely subscribe. And, uh, yeah, come check me on Melrose. Yeah. I'll be shopping. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Absolutely. A shopping trip. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here with us. Yeah, thank you. I really love catching up with you. Yes. Um, it's really exciting to see you making music, and I love what you're putting out. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for your next single. I'm excited for you guys. I love these spots. Cool. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And as always, remember to follow us on Instagram at locatora underscore radio. Um, visit our website, locatoraradio.com. Hit the Venmo, locatora-radio. Um, yeah. All right, so we will catch you next time, Locamores. Besitos. There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, However you choose, that's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.